time again for the Chair Shot Podcast back here on a Sunday evening. We have a stacked line of things to get to, so we're going to jump straight in. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, back after a few weeks away. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner. What's up, Barry? And also with us, pressing the buttons, making the show happen, Mr. Paul Griffin. Uh, let me press a button real fast here. I'll turn the gain way up for a second, yeah. and then I'll Give turn it back. Give us a couple of your uh, sound effects you've got in your box. Go on. Uh. <coughs> yeah. Much more of that to come. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I was away last week, lads. Uh, I, I did actually catch the show, though. Oh. Um. Uh, yeah. It was good. You know, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed all the all, all the talk. One thing I will say, pro tip, um, you know, if if you tell people to follow me and then they they mute me, um, you know they can't see my tweets. Then I don't know if you knew that, but that's that's bad advice oh. given the people there last week. I don't know if you noticed that, but but then mm. they they wouldn't see any of the humorous tweets or the the oh. witticisms, the jokes, the the, the, de- the yeah, the desperate desperate pandering to get rid of. <laughs> Like, well, you wouldn't see that anyway because it's not there, you know. But um, but uh, just uh, some advice: if you're gonna plug the social media, lads, don't don't nerf it immediately. Um, you know, so that other than that, it was a good show, good show. Enjoyed it. enjoyed all the takes, enjoyed the banter, uh, and all that and all that jazz. But the you know the big dog's back now, so uh, so so don't worry about it. Anyway. Other than other than hijacking this broadcast, what have you lads been up to this week? What, what have you been up to while I was away? What did you What have you been at? Well, ma- mainly enjoying the sunshine, mate. Uh, oh, summer lovely. Summer has finally arrived after a winter which rivals the one in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful to go out without a jacket. It's gone straight from big coat weather to no coat weather. There was no light coat weather this year. Normally, I like to kind of transition. Big coat, lighter jacket. Uh, no, no, went straight to the uh, went straight to t-shirt. So that was great. So yeah, we um, at work we went out and had lunch in the local park, uh, which was really nice. And had an ice cream. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's think, been pretty. I think I'm pretty already burnt as well. Given uh, that, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, it's over seventy I, degrees, and I'm English, so. Mm. I was going to say, does it, does anyone on this podcast handle the sun well? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't burn. I, I get a good tan if I'm out in the sun. We we handle the sun about as well as a scouse news agents, to be honest. Oh 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 oh! Um, yeah, it's it's been good. It means I've been eating too much though, because for some reason I feel I need to eat more when it's hot. Ice creams and. You know, milkshakes and fizzy drinks and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So, um, uh, what about you, Paul? How are you handling the sun over there? Yeah, all right. Um, I wasn't out in it too much, to be fair. Uh, i been doing a lot of traveling uh, this weekend because I'm flying solo today. There's no, there's no Natty here beside me as she usually is. Um, she's up in her parents' house. Her, her mom had some kind of surgery, so she's up taking care of her. So Friday evening after work, I took the train, two trains over there. Saturday morning, train back here. 
uh, watch the football, get some washing done and all that, because it was nice hanging out the washing. Uh, Saturday evening, took two trains back to Rohini. Uh, and then Sunday morning today, I took a train into town to see a movie, then a train back to Rohini, and then two trains back here. So <laughs> I don't know what the total number of trains there is, eight, eight or ten or something. But I've been on a lot of trains, so not a lot of time in the in the sun necessarily. Um, however, we do on our on our new chair shop podcast store have a new design, the prawn oh, Mi- Michaels about. design, yeah. as uh, as nominated, I would say, by our friend Scott McAvoy. Uh, he did indeed put his money where his mouth is. I can see in our product sales that he did buy a a Prawn Michael sticker and a notebook. So I maybe right. will put a, a new design up there once a week. I don't expect that <laughs> Scott, for example, will buy one every week. But there. I'll put some designs up there. Prawn Michaels was one Ooh. that I knocked together in 10 minutes oh. on Photoshop. Uh, I'm not sure if I was on the show when you were discussing... The merch. We weren't. It was uh, la- it was last week. Yeah. So 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 thanks Scott for for doing that. I mean, Prawn Michaels. I mean, that's that's a classic. I mean, everyone. He's gonna walk down the street and they're gonna go, "Oh my God, that guy listens to the chair shop." It, are you are you the Scott McAvoy who who emails into that show? Because we're in we're in the town you're from. I mean, that's oh that's weird. <laughs> anyway, I think Prawn Michaels is a. Uh, a design general enough that people might just stumble across it and not realize it's a CSP thing. I didn't put any mention of CSP. Well, yeah, it's, it's because it's, it means nothing and it's, it doesn't stem from anything. It's just the, a play on the word Sean Michael. The heartbreak shrimp. <laughs> no, it's sweet shrimp music. Ah, sweet shrimp music. Yeah, uh, or, or sweet chub music. You know, all good. Um, that, anyway. that was from CSP number. Do you want to wager a guess? Wait, was that, I, I, yeah, I was going to say four. That, yeah, it must be from forever ago because I have no <laughs> recollection of it. It was the name of the episode. Was Prawn wow. Michaels? Uh, One hundred and eleven. Oh, he's close, but it's not right. Did you say one hundred nine? It was one hundred three. Ooh. Uh, Email. And the 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 origin of it was we got an email I suspect from Michael Hirsch. Hirsch. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was from Prawn Michaels, and I put the quote on the T-shirt. He said, uh, "It was I think it was addressed to Barry." It said, "Hi Barry, I am a wrestler in the body of a prawn," <laughs> and it was about how it's like a living hell and what what wrestlers would we want to put in the bodies of animals or something. Oh, that sounds like something Michael Hirsch would say. Yeah. And um, and so Scott, I I put out last week the I mentioned the Redbubble store that we had had a sale of a sticker of wrestling cards against humanity. Scott Scott McAvoy tweeted and said that he would buy a Prawn Michaels sticker. So of course I I got Photoshop out and there we go. So if you want a Prawn Mike sticker. Go to chairshoppodcast.com and click on the store link at the top left-hand side. And you, too, can yeah. own a Prawn Michaels t-shirt, uh, a, an iPad case, a clock. Uh, that's, that's a funny iPad case. A uh, mug, I, I don't know. With Prawn Michaels on it. So there you go. Do you guys, do you guys have stickers on your tablets or switches or no. whatever? I have an expensive no, case. It's um, annoying. And then on the laptop, it just has nothing on it. You get all sticky stuff over them. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I had a. I, I got a uh, anti-fun police sticker from Uh-oh. from Damien Dunn at OTT, and then I put it on my switch. And then after a while, I was like, I don't think the anti-fun police are that good, so I'm gonna take it off. <laughs> but now, but now, but now I have that, that sticky, gross stuff. So I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the market. I might get a Prawn Michaels actually, because I'm in the market for the sticker. Because like, I need, need a bigger sticker. I, yeah, I was like, I need to put something over the, the gross, uh, you know, remnants of, of the sticker because back my Switch is all gross. Although, I don't know about you, Paul, I haven't played my fucking Switch and I don't know how long. No, uh, I was playing Zelda on it, like, last week. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still happy I bought my Switch. I just want to point out, Barry, that our stickers are very reasonably priced. Um, you, oh, can, you can get a, a small sticker, which is 62 millimeters by 102 millimeters, uh, yeah. for €2.32. That's all right, isn't it? All the way up to extra large, uh, which is 215 millimeters by 356 millimeters. So that's like mm. 30 centimeters long. Um, for 13.93. So we we uh, provide stickers of all sizes to all kind of people. So buy them, buy them, yeah. buy a sticker there, yeah. lad. Good lad. Go on. Oh, or get it on like a mug or a hat or something. <laughs> yeah, a t-shirt. The t-shirts are are also very reasonable. Pay, uh, pay-per-view cards against humanity is a pretty good it's a pretty good thing. Yeah. Uh, I was going to get for here the the unisex t-shirt. So, for men and for women. Prawn Michaels uh, 16 euro. That's not too bad. That's alright. That's alright. I spent more than that on t-shirts, to be fair. And they didn't have a prawn dressed as a wrestler on them. Ugh. <laughs> What a mark. <laughs> so yeah, so you got you guys are having fun. So Nat Natty's presence is 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 missed this week. Yeah. Um, uh, but we we will soldier on. We will we will soldier on. Um, I should mention I was uh, speaking of sun and all that and getting burnt. I was in Valencia last week. That's why I wasn't Ooh. on this year's show. Uh, and oh, baby, let me tell you, that is a nicer town than any of the kips I typically go to on my weekends away. Uh, lovely town, lovely town. Just uh, I don't know how close it is to Barcelona, but there were road signs. So, so to Barcelona. So in my head, it's about around the corner. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. I pretty much just had a long weekend on the sesh. Uh, came home, uh, of course, burnt. It wasn't even that hot over there. It's about sixteen degrees. It was not anything uh, remarkable, but I, I burnt nonetheless. Um, so that's good. Uh, I came home just in time for the sun to be out here as well. So who knows when I will return to my my uh, uh, my my beautiful milky white aura. Uh, who knows when that will return? But uh, yeah, not a great weekend. Um, Valencia Airport is the most laid back in a bad way airport ever. Let me tell you, lads, have you ever been to an airport where they don't have a little conveyor belt bringing the trays back to the front of security so that you can put your bag on? Right, uh, I, you have to like climb over. Like it's this. The, I wouldn't even call it a queue. People are just climbing over each other to get the trays. Ah, and I hate, I hate traveling. I'm always very nervous about all, all going through security and having all my bits in, in, in you know arrangements. That did my head in. But anyway, do you want to know the biggest uh, uh, airport gripe I had on I my, uh, my holiday? Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you. You're you're, you're in for a treat, Joe. You you'll laugh at this. You you you'll enjoy this because it involves me being. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I went to Valencia with my friends. We had a great weekend. It was a great weekend for, for, for drinking and stuff in our faces. Everything over there is super cheap. A euro for your pint to San Miguel or whatever you're drinking, right? Great stuff. Getting cheap food as well. I uh, went to a Taco Bell. 
which was actually Ooh. tasty enough. I was actually kind of surprised by it. I I'd assumed the worst based on what I'd heard from Americans. Tasty, cheap, all that good stuff. So I ended up uh, uh, not spending as much money as I was anticipating, which is good. I always like to come home from holidays on a, with a bit extra money. The most money I spent on any one given meal was, of course, on my way out of the country because it means I had to go through Dublin. Mm. Got, to, got to Dublin Airport, right? Terminal 1 in Dublin Airport, you don't have a whole lot of options for food. And I, I got to, to Terminal 1, and there's like Burger King, and there is a kind of a gastropub type place with like a, uh, you know, a smoking garden and stuff like that. It's, it, it looks kind of just like a, a sort of trendy pub that you'd see in Dublin City Centre. And I was like, well, I had Burger King a few days ago, so I'll go to this gastropub. What an idiot I was. What a fucking idiot I was, because I went in there and I looked at the menu. The menu wasn't great. So I said, I'll get a hot dog, right? Hot dog and chips. The chips were served in like a like a coffee mug. There was a handful oh, of chips. Yeah. Oh, and uh, no drink. So no water, no Coke, no beer, no nothing. Joe, how much do you think this hot dog and chips cost me? Um, I'm thinking uh, at least 10 large, brother. I, I would say, I, I'd I, say 12 euro. I was anticipating 10 or 12 because it's like... It's just a fucking hot dog, but it's Dublin, so of course they're going to charge you, you know, 10 or 12. Brothers, I spent 17 euro. Fucking uh, hell. You could have got a Prawn Michaels t-shirt with that. I could have got a Prawn <laughs> Michaels t-shirt. I could, make, I could have paid someone to make a Prawn Michaels Funko Pop for that money. Oh, my God. So, like, the hot dog comes out, and it, it was, listen, the food was nice. It was all right, okay? It's, but it was, it was, at the end of the day, just a hot dog with some cheese and bacon yeah, on it and yeah. a tiny cup full of chips. I was raging. And I said this to the lads when I got over and they're like, so you didn't go to Burger King because you had it a few days ago, but you could have saved 10 quid if you just if you just went and got a different menu item. Uh, so so I was, oh God, I hate Dublin so much. God, <laughs> it's the pits. Uh, but unfortunately, that's the next place I'll be for, for a weekend away because of course Scrapper Mania is in about three weeks. So I'd have to fucking go to the credit union to get a loan for that weekend. Uh, God. Anyway, I had fun, uh, all of that uh, aside. And of course, I, I, on my bus home to Limerick, I listened to the old Chair Shot podcast. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really my, uh, that was my week. Uh, any other any other bits of bombs um, from the week you want to talk about before we move on? Also, uh, football is good again. Oh uh, yeah, just yeah, good game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, United coming from behind to win two one against the Tottenham Hotspur at Wembley. Uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Good, good week. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, I suppose we can uh, soldier on here with the uh, uh, the, the various guffs uh, uh, of of the week. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've got some notes here about things I've seen just like this week. I'm trying to think, is there anything I might have seen that I didn't talk about because I wasn't here last week? I don't think so, though. Uh, let's jump in here to a bit of telly guff. I haven't seen any uh, uh, watch telly. I think I talked about Santa Clarita Diet, uh, which I started a few weeks ago, which is a, a lot of fun. Kind of, I, I haven't finished it yet, so maybe it, maybe it falls off a cliff. But I, I feel like it's maybe an underrated Netflix original. Kind of funny, uh, charming, easy watch. Uh, but that's that's really all the telly I've seen this week. So who, who else has seen some telly? 
Well, I've been catching up on the Grand Tour. Don't know if either you guys watch that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a bit behind. I'm a bit behind, mate. Well, I'm on the last episode of the series now. I'm about halfway through it. I haven't finished it yet, but um, what's uh? Is it because <laughs> because they're they're unlikable bigots or? <laughs> um, I mean, maybe. Or the quality of the cars is not good enough. I don't like cars or them. They're not a great mix for me. <laughs> well, I don't particularly like cars. To be fair, like the the you fucking watch it for them because it's a like it's entertainment show. I start watching wrestling if you don't like wrestling, which I, I don't. But anyway, I did watch a bit of wrestling this week. Um, if only they could somehow do wrestlers in cars, like some kind of crush hour. Ooh, there's a TV I, show I would watch. I actually played some crush hour before I went to Valencia. Uh, uh, add that to uh, game just, Yeah, that was <laughs> no. That's the, I will not be talking extensively about it. But my buddy who I was traveling with, he downloaded some wrestling games on an emulator for for our pre our pre travel night of video games. And oh yeah, fucking hell! That thing is absolutely atrocious. God. Anyway, go on. They made a sequel for it as well, didn't they? Wasn't there a Crush Hour two? I don't think so. No. I'm gonna Google this now. There was, or maybe was it a port or something? But I don't, I don't, I don't know if there was a crush hour. Not no, apparently not. No, but I... it's it's like it's it's horrendous, and it's like so as well as being a bad car combat game, it has commentary. It has Jr. and Jerry Lawler doing commentary. And honestly, if you think they're bad in the wrestling games, they were half asleep, and they maybe recorded like five lines each. It was it's so bad. Oh my God! Ah, oh, he just murdered that man. Literally that? No. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm just about uh, finished with that until it returns next year or whenever. Um, why do I like it? I mean, like I say, it's an entertainment show. The, the, the worst part of the show is when they just kind of po-facedly review cars, you know. Oh, this £250,000 car doesn't have a good enough stereo in it. I don't particularly care mm. for that part. But when they do wacky... When, when it's essentially wacky races. Um, like, I quite enjoy that. And it's a very well shot show. A very nice looking show. Yeah. Um, despite, obviously, all the foibles that I don't necessarily disagree with. I don't necessarily disagree with them. I think um, I think the attempts at humor are particularly, particularly lame and particularly forced. Especially, you know, people like Richard Hammond and James May are not are not funny men. Um, no. or Jeremy Clarkson for that matter. Uh, but I don't know. I've, I've, it's kind of a. It's been a show that I've enjoyed for many, many years, and it's like wrestling, a show that I just kind of can't get out of, you know. Um. Yeah. So I've been watching that. Uh, apart from that, not much else. I'm trying to think on Netflix. I, I haven't watched the last few uh, episodes of the Joe McHale show. I think I'm three behind on that now. But I might try and watch some of that over the week. Um, anything else? I've been thinking about giving... Obviously, Westworld is back uh, tonight. Oh, yeah! Uh, so we'll have uh, our episode one review of that next week. Um, was that tonight? Hmm? It's, uh, it's, it's midweek, isn't it? I thought it was oh, has it been on? No. No, no, no. Like, no, I thought there was... I thought there was the big shows on the Sunday night. You know, like... like it's on Skyline tomorrow, so I assume it's... 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm excited for that. Oh, I'm excited for that. Ooh, I just need to try and remember what happened in the last one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Robots uh, and then yeah. the woman gets on a train or something. And uh, then it was, the real maze was the friends we made along the way. It turns out the robot did it. Ah, uh, not the robots. Uh, and the spoiler, at the end of season one, the HBO show did the HBO show thing. Mm. That they always do in all their shows. Ooh. And there was a woman's tear in it. Oh, that's like, not what? And, and men's, I said men, men's did uh, peckers are in it as well. So. What? I feel like we only ever saw peckers in the in the construction kind of area, whereas we saw the titties. Not, not, not in a sexual, oh, yeah. sexualized way, you mean. No, no. Whereas the titties, they were... Oh, hello. <laughs> this is great content right here. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the Westworld preview that everybody wants. Everybody this is wants. the greatest chair shop podcast. Yeah, oh god, fifty tit jokes. It's <laughs> the biggest ever. <laughs> Six hours of tit jokes. Anyway, um, and I've also been thinking of giving Lost in Space a whirl because I've, I've heard that's very hmm. good. The new Netflix yeah, I've heard series. About it. Um, Has it got Jerry from Friends in it? No, but I have seen that movie. Ow. Ow. Oh, that is horrendous. Gary Oldman's in that as well. That movie where Matt LeBlanc acts like Joey acts in Days of Our Lives. <laughs> it, he is just the absolute... I mean, I'm sure he's gotten better, perhaps, but oh my hey, god. Well, that is. Oh, horrible in that film. I'm trying to remember what year that even came out in. It was... 99, I think, was it? Mm, yeah, probably 99. 90, 98, apparently. 98, okay. I'm trying to think who, who else was in that movie that we've forgotten about. Uh, William Hurt was in it. God. Heather Graham was in it. Oh, oh no, yeah. Heather. Why, Heather? Gary Oldman, Matt LeBlanc, Jared Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember seeing that because it was all over the Kellogg's cereal boxes at the time. Like, oh, of course. That's how, that's how Paul consumed media at the time. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you get your little... Um, prize in the in the cereal box. I remember for a while it was Lost in Space. That was kind of the the <laughs> primary way that I was advertised to when I was a kid was on the on the back of the Paul, box. Paul, Paul found out against the Iraq War against terrorism when he got a little <laughs> got a little like mortar plastic mortar came out of the Rice Krispie box. <laughs> Just sat there every morning reading the cereal box like a newspaper. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, today. oh this Saddam Hussein guy sounds like a real character. He's great. <laughs> anyway. anyway, that's what I've been watching. What about you, Joe? Um, I started. Well, I think it's the latest season of, of Broad City, but I couldn't be sure. I'd have to actually Google it to find out, but it's the wherever the latest one on Now TV is, which I haven't okay. seen. Um, so I watched a lot of that on Saturday. I think, yeah, it's good. It's good. A few kind of weaker episodes, but it's still lots of funny moments. It's, it's a fun show. I do enjoy it. So look forward to watching the rest of that. Um, they're both very funny, very funny ladies. Yes. But they did have one episode this season where they, they both 
get high on mushrooms and I really hate episodes of sitcoms or where characters get high. Well, stoner comedy, just, like not even stoner comedy. It's just so, it always seems to happen with sitcoms. There's a one episode where the characters get yeah. high, and it's just an excuse to have weird, and it's just so boring. It's always it's the like same. It's always the same as well. It's, it's the same, and it's like being in a room full of people who are high, but you're not. It's <laughs> incredibly tedious. So I hate when, when sitcoms do that. Is uh, is that the one where it's animated? Yeah, it kind of looks a bit like Rick yeah. and Morty style. Yeah, I, I remember kind of liking the animation style, but yeah, all, all that humor didn't really, didn't really, that, yeah, that yeah. didn't really stick with me. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... That is the most recent season. I I don't think I finished. I think there's one or two episodes I didn't get around to watching. Yeah, yeah. some some misses in there. I thought, um, for sure. Yeah, and if, and of course, uh, Roz from Frasier plays one of their mums, which is oh yes. hilarious. Because as far as I'm concerned, Roz from Frasier is uh, you know 35. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know she can be someone's mother. It's ridiculous. Let's she's, see how she's old she well. is. How well. old is old Harry Kilpin? 56. Mm, fair play to her. Fair yeah, she's to her. good. It's, she was good in that episode, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, she is. She is really good. Um, yes, that's all, of, all the new stuff I've watched, really. Uh, alrighty, we can move on then. Obviously, uh, Westworld next week, we'll be talking about that. Uh, bit of game, goth, fucking busy week for the video games this week. Uh, I've kind of fallen off Far Cry 5 a little bit. Um, the story is painfully, annoyingly bad. Um, and I think I talked the other week about how impressive it was because there's a, a certain section in that game where it kind of it, it basically attacks you in the open world and drags you into a story mission. Uh, well, that that's happened several times now, and it annoys me now because it's like I don't want to I don't want to listen to your stupid story. Uh, I just want to play your weird game. Uh, so yeah, I've kind of lost interest in that. But uh, uh, this week, Yakuza 6 and God of War came out. The, the, re- the, the red letter media would say soft reboot of God of War came out. Um, Yakuza's good. I don't really have too much to say on it just yet because I only, I only put a few hours into it before God of War came out. God of War thus far is fucking incredible. Absolutely incredible. Paul, do you any interest at all in God of War? Um, I mean, I, only insofar as that it looks very good. Um, if 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 it was a game that was getting like eight out of tens, I probably wouldn't look twice at it. God of War is a series one that I don't have any fondness for. Like I never had a PlayStation uh, two, for example, which I think the yeah. original one came out. Um, so I don't have any affinity for it. But like the reviews have been super good. Uh, what I have seen of it, uh, I'm sure I, I'm not correct in saying this, but what I've seen of it does give me kind of Horizony vibes. Um. I don't know. It might be one that I get to eventually, but I'm not kind of going out of my way. Right. Yeah. It's so it's it, in terms of structure, I wouldn't say it's actually anything like like Horizon. You know what it's mm. what it's really reminding me of is uh, Arkham Asylum or um, the new Tomb Raider games. In that it's it, there. There's a big space, but it's not a full on open world. It's very much kind of a, a set central hub connecting loads of other little areas that are all kind of cordoned off in their own ways um and a big and a big emphasis on coming back to areas later on in the game when you have power-ups that let you 
you know, that kind of modern Arkham kind of meets Metroidvania style. Uh, that's 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 the format of it. But thus far, I, I'm about 15 hours in. I can't remember the last time a, a game came out that I put this many hours into like this quickly. Um, it's it's really addictive. In fact, I I kind of have to tear myself away from playing it to do this show. But I, I just love you lads so much that I couldn't I couldn't, <laughs> just, I couldn't shirk my duties. But um, I we're going to talk about wrestling in a bit, and I wanted to have Martina's gaff party watched. Uh, uh, for for this show, mm-hmm. uh, I my controller died. I plugged it in. I was like, "Well, this is charging. I'll watch that show." Uh, I was about halfway through the show when my controller was finished charging. I was like, "Well, I'm not watching the rest of the show. I'm I'm going back to play the game because my controller is ready now." Um, I've been so so addicted to it. It's really really fantastic. It is it is among the best looking games I've ever seen. First of all, uh, uh, which which is uh, uh, really saying something. Especially you look at some of the stuff that's come out in the last year, like like your Horizons and your things like that. Um, it is it might be the new the new benchmark. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I liked I liked the original games on on PS2. I loved the the very first one. In fact, is one of my favorites ever. Um, but this is such a completely different thing in every single way. It really is kind of, it's bizarre the way they've struck the balance between completely new and kind of staying true to what the original thing was. The original thing is this quintessentially mid-2000s angsty edgelord game where you play as basically the the angriest man in all of ancient Greece slaughtering all these mythical creatures you're killing you like you kill medusa early on you're killing gods not only killing them but you're ripping their heads off and fucking tearing them apart and ripping guys arms off and beating them to death it is it's gleeful in in a way but it's one of those like extremely immature mature games uh whereas this one is way more slowed down way more serious um uh, but kind of what, what I like about it is that the story is kind of reflective on what those previous games were in a very weird way. So they they didn't completely reboot it. It is a it is a sequel. It is the same character. It is the same. It's a it's a very different universe. Basically, they've jumped from uh, Greek mythology to Norse. So they've basically gone to a completely different part of the world and a completely completely different framework. Of, of legends and myths, but they, they do acknowledge it, it's the same character, it's the same guy. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's completely different. You could you could have slapped a different brand on this game uh, completely because it does not play at all like the like the originals. Um, uh, but it's it's really really fantastic. I think I think you would like it, Paul. It's it's, it's really uh, uh, it's really fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm I'm loving it so far. I'm probably gonna try and squeeze in a, another hour or two before before bed after this show. Uh, yeah, it's 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 cracking, uh, and it has derailed everything else I was playing um, uh, before it came out. As I say, I, I really tried to squeeze in as many hours of Yakuza as I could before this came out because I I was expecting it might take over my life, and it has. But uh, but yeah, solid thumbs up on that. Um, and those are the two big games I've been playing this week. Uh, if you got none, Paul, we can jump into movie golf, I suppose. I don't have any games today. Uh, this week's been a, a gameless week for me, unfortunately. Too much other other shit happening. Uh, so movie golf. Well, I want to first of all announce the start of a new feature. Ooh. Aping off the back of Joe's very very successful uh, Thanksgiving. No, I haven't come up with a name for this yet. Right, so maybe you guys can help me out here. Um, 
I'm going to be watching, I've already started, the filmography of a very, very famous wrestler turned actor. You might have heard about him. Little Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Little Dwayne Johnson, uh, also known as Tarak, Dinosaur Hunter. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Famously, yeah. That famous video game adaption he's in. <laughs> So I've uh, I've gone to IMDb and I've listed every feature film that The Rock has a credit for. Okay. The total is thirty six films. Okay. Wow. So so The Rock since two thousand and one has been in thirty six films. I have already seen of that thirty six fourteen. Okay. So I've got another uh, another twenty two to go. So I'm about a little over a, a third of the way through. Um, so this weekend I saw three movies starring The Rock. Um, this has kind of been kickstarted by the Jumanji review from last week. Oh yeah, uh, because the, of, the, the the polarizing, controversial Jumanji. The uh, I put forward the um, hypothesis that The Rock is not a very good actor, um, which I might contradict coming up here today. So. I went to the cinema yesterday and saw a brand new release starring himself called Rampage. Um, Rampage, which uh, just came out. What was the Irish release date? I don't see it here. It was either last week or the week before. I think I think was the official Irish release date. I'll get it for you now. So it was 11th of April, actually. So it's been out for not quite two weeks, but a week and a half. Um, Rampage, of course, being a fit of, uh, a very, very loose film adaptation of a classic video game mm-hmm. in which a big gorilla, a big wolf, and a big lizard thing, which I guess was supposed to be uh, a takeoff Godzilla, and uh, destroy a sea. So how do you turn that into a film? The answer is uh, not very well. So, uh, as you will know, if if you've been following the, the Rock's Twitter, the whole point of Rampage was to imbue it with like a heart and to ground it in a kind of, um, you know, a, an emotional story rather than it just being kind of a, a destruction movie, which okay, it, which it kind of. You know that that's kind of how the movie turns out. Like the destruction doesn't happen until kind of closer to the end. Um, the Rock plays a primatologist, so he's a a monkey specialist who takes care of George, who is an al- albino uh, gorilla, and they have admittedly a, a well uh, developed and interesting relationship where they almost have kind of like a father son dynamic. Um, and they communicate through sign language, although The Rock also says it loud so the audience knows what's going on. Um, and through some sci-fi chicanery, George the Gorilla becomes supersized and goes on the titular rampage. Um, oh, dear. Uh, so the weird thing about this movie is that it does have some, like human villains in it which i didn't expect like i thought this I, before i saw it i thought the movie was going to be mostly about like these three mutant animals and how 
Dwayne Johnson has to stop the rampage. But actually, see, yeah, but did you got, did you did you, did you not watch? Did you not watch the trailers though? Because I very much got the vibe. It, it, it comes off like Rock is like, no, they don't know what they're doing. They're just they're my friends. And I was thinking it's definitely going to be a fucking MCU esque man in a suit is the actual bad guy. Yeah. Well, two things. Number one, you're right about it's actually a woman in a suit. You oh progressive. You okay. Uh, number two, believe it or not, I did not pay much attention to the Rampage trailer. I did. I didn't. Didn't think I was <laughs> gonna bother my whole to watch it. But um, yeah. The uh, the villains are very very bad in it. It's um, Malin Ackerman, right? If you've seen anything with her in, nope. uh, infamously she was in Watchmen and was really bad in it. Uh, I don't think I've seen her be good in a movie ever. I think she's uh, a lot more often bad than good. Um, she, along with a man called Jake Lacey, who might be the worst actor I've ever seen in a blockbuster a feature film, uh, are both terrible, and every scene that they're in stinks. That's one of the worst things about the movie, is that them okay. being the villains, they're quite heavily involved. Uh, Jake Lacey in particular, if you ever see his name on IMDb for a film, you might want to avoid it, because he sucks. Uh Fortunately, there are some good people in it. Uh, Naomi Harris is in it as The Rock's kind of uh, sidekick, I guess. Um, Joe Manganinen shows up for five minutes uh, in a kind of a cameo as a big Muslim man. UFC's Uriah Faber is in it for a few minutes as well, which I got a chuckle out of. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it for anyone who enjoys The Walking Dead. He's not particularly good in it, but anyway, that's two two people from Watchmen who are not good in this movie. Um, and storyline wise, I actually found it to be very very close to the twenty fourteen Godzilla movie, where you have the 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 Boring. the kaiju the kaiju's who are going towards a specific place for a specific reason, and I found it very very close to that movie storyline wise. I wouldn't say that it's boring. Um, the 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 strongest aspects of the movie is, like I said, the relationship between The Rock and, and George, which I remember whenever, whenever I did see the trailer, I remember kind of chortling and chuckling at that. It you know, kind of came off stupid. And George! But actually, that's kind of the one aspect of the movie that's well-developed and well-done. Uh, as I mentioned, the villains are very bad. The CGI is very bad. The art design is very bad. Um... And you know the the rock isn't again. I, I I don't think he's. I think the rock was fine in this. He he. This is the kind of movie that suits the rock. Is he's he's the 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 smoldering, muscly hero, and and that's why he does very well. That's why he does here. Uh, so rampage. I went four out of ten on that one. Um, okay. Wouldn't recommend it, but it's it's not like the kind of movie that I come out of thinking you know what a waste of my time. It, it, it's it's okay. Is that the best video game movie you've ever seen? Um, because I believe it is statistically the best reviewed one. I'm trying to think what other what other video game movies have I seen. Like I've never I've never seen the Super Mario Bros. movie. I've never seen Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. I didn't see well, like Assassin's most of these Creed. are bad. So I didn't see Assassin's Creed the other year. I've had, didn't watch any of the Tomb Raider movies. It might be the only uh, video game movie I've seen. Well, luckily, you'll you'll get to watch Doom during the course of the... I, Doom uh, is on my list. Doom is 
Uh, and actually, I have Doom downloaded from Netflix, ready to go. So I shall be watching Doom. Um, yeah. So Rampage, not very good. Um, no. I then watched a movie called San Andreas, which came out. Also a video game movie. Um, <laughs> which came out in 2015. And instead of being a primatologist, this time The Rock is... Um, I don't know what exactly is the association he's with. It's not like the Coast Guard or anything. But he's like one of those people who flies a helicopter and rescues people. You know that kind of thing? He's, but search not, and rescue. Search and rescue, I guess. I'm, I'm not well-educated, Barry. Give me a break. Um, he plays one of those men who drives helicopters around and does... Outstandingly, <laughs> outstandingly hero- heroic uh, acts. Uh, and San Andreas, for those who don't know, is one in uh, the line of you know apocalyptic style end of the world movies. Where in this case, the San Andreas Fault has uh, or the is, end of the world. Well, no, in this sense, not the end of the world, but just Cali- half of California falling into the sea. Well, actually, quite a lot of California, because as we learn through exposition told to us by an uh, earthquake expert, the San Andreas Fault is actually <laughs> is actually a, a, a tectonic plate that we, we didn't realize existed that actually has it, uh, takes up that whole kind of uh, southwestern corner of the United States. So it's not just along the coast, oh. because that wouldn't have been enough destruction, you see. Um, now, for a movie that is about earthquakes and tidal waves and explosions and buildings falling down um san andreas commits the cardinal sin of uh being quite boring um i don't know if either of you guys ever saw the movie uh battle los angeles oh no with the guy from the dark knight in it who uh, plays two-face aaron uh yeah same thing. It's a movie, uh, for all appearances, a movie about an alien invasion, and it's just the most fucking boring movie. I maybe it's the most boring movie I own. Um, San Andreas, because it's a movie about tidal waves and earthquakes, it's, you kind of have to go real wacky on it, and you can make a fun movie out of that. I mean, I I've enjoyed in the past uh, Day of Tomorrow. I I quite enjoy Roland Emmerich's movies, like in a guilty pleasure way. But San Andreas is so kind of po-faced about everything that it's it's kind of a boring film. Um, Alexandra Daddio is in it as well. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Daddario. Daddario, by the way. Well, she's in it, Daddio. And um, she she's not very good at all. How, how dare you? How dare also, you? Also, let me just point some note. I don't want to go back to the Westworld style talk, but um, The Rock, for those who don't know The Rock, is, is a half black, half Samoan man, right? Yes. And yeah. in this movie, The Rock's wife is played by. Now, I don't want to get bogged down too much on the ethnicity. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's yeah. like a, a Latina woman, okay? I'm going to look okay. up real quick here, San Andreas. Jesus, where is this going? Carla Carla Gugino is the name of the <laughs> the woman who plays his wife. Alexandra I think she's Italian, but not yeah. Anyway. Da Dario is yeah. like as white as can be with the big weirdly like bright blue eyes. 
and it's like what weird they are beautiful no but i mean i mean weird is the wrong word i mean the noticeably abnormally (laughs) bright she is I mean, she is a distractingly attractive person, if that's what you're uh, hinting at. Well, we, my point is, we've seen The Rock's real daughter. And this was a little, oh, this, this, this was the most unrealistic part of the movie. Oh, oh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I did not, I did not realize she plays his daughter in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, okay, yeah, no, that is, that is not believable at all. That's fair enough. No, I don't know if The Rock's wife was cheating on him. And that's like a, a very subtle part of the story that I missed out on. More um, like the cock. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know if she's adopted in the movie. Yeah, I, um, I was wondering what you were getting at there, but no, yeah, she she does not. First of all, like, I I think technically he probably is old enough. To, he's probably about twenty years older than her, but like, yeah, she looks like she could pass for like within ten years of his age. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? If I was if I was making a movie where The Rock was a central character and he had a daughter, I'd be casting like a teenager to be. Yeah, his the daughter. the age difference is fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work, and yeah, and, and also, yeah, she she is like pasty white with big blue eyes. Yeah, that's all, fair enough. Yeah, that's, yeah she she is thirty two years old, which I would not have believed if you had told me that. And the rock course then is 40, really? 40, 45 uh, next month. That's a wow. weird casting choice. It, yeah. It's really strange. And this is this was right around the time of True Detective as well, where she's obviously best known for. Yeah. Um. So just like I say, just an odd, an odd casting choice. Like they didn't have uh, a Samoan actress to play the rock star in in a movie. I don't know. Um, but like I say, it's just a, it's a it's a boring film, um, and is is not fun. <laughs> so I I went the si- a single star on San Andreas there two out of oh, ten. Oh wow. Um, it also has a problem that it has these like two parallel storylines. You have the rock. And his family drama where he has to rescue his daughter from San Francisco falling apart, right? But also you have Paul Giamatti playing like a like seismic activity scientist. And um, mm. he's responsible for telling the audience all the exposition, right? Like, oh no, there's another earthquake happening so that we know in the rock story what's happening. But those two storylines never like cross. So that whole that whole Paul Giamatti stuff could just be taken out because it's completely pointless. Like there's yeah. there's never a point where the two stories co- uh, contravene or Paul Giamatti gives the Rock information that he would need to you know it never yeah. happens. So I I don't get what the point of it was. Um, so that was that was really bad. And then finally I watched the movie called Snitch, which I think also came out. That was 2013. That was a little bit earlier. God, yeah, I forgot about Snitch. God, he's been in so, he's been in a lot of stuff and a lot of forgettable stuff. Um, Snitch, to be fair, is all right. Uh, it's certainly better than Rampage, and it's much better than San Andreas. Snitch uh, was marketed as kind of a, uh, I would say, a Fast and Furious style kind of action movie, and it really isn't. It's like a slow uh, crime drama that has okay a little bit like ten minutes of action at the end but is for the most part like really really slow and really really um i don't know like the, i i think it's probably of all the movies i've seen and i'm including in this you know 
uh, Mummy Returns, Fast and Furious, blah, 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 Moana, all those. All the movies I've seen. I think this is probably the best performance that The Rock's given in a movie that I've seen. Mm. Uh, I think because it's kind of so different to what he typically does, it actually gave him a chance to use his acting skills. He kind of gives a quite a soulful performance as like he he plays a father whose son gets done in a drug bust and he has to go undercover in order mm. to free his son right but like not in a an overblown way like you would expect you, you kind of would expect to have a similar tone to fast and furious movies or something like you know white house down or like the rock goes undercover but it's like super super grounded and super super like gritty um now i don't know if either of you guys saw um the drop which was a movie that came out a few years ago with Tom Hardy and uh, the guy yeah. from The Sopranos, whatever his name was. Um, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini. Um, that was a movie that I, I, I saw in the cinema. I was actually really looking forward to it. I saw it in the cinema and I came out thinking, you know, it was fine, but I, I, I almost immediately forgot about it. Like it, it. I didn't find it a very, very memorable movie. And Snitch... I kind of feel the same way about. There's not much in it that I could criticize and say specifically that that was not good or this performance was not good. Susan Sarandon is in it, but she kind of sleepwalks her way through it. Um, generally, the performances are good. The pace is is deliberate, but like not in a bad way. But overall, I just found it kind of underwhelming in in the sense that it doesn't really grab you or, or get you um, like emotionally connected to it. It's it's a movie that. In a week's time, I will maybe remember five minutes of. Uh, while at the same time being kind of, you know, solid and not having many clear kind of problems or like, I didn't have many foibles with it. it. It was it was a fine movie that has The Rock's, probably The Rock's best performance that I've seen today in it. Um, Fair enough. But still, I, I only went five out of ten on it. So it, 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 it like, it, <laughs> I didn't like the, it's not a movie that I would rewatch. It was fine with a very good kind of core performance to it. Um, and one thing that I've noticed now watching these movies these last few weeks is The Rock's, like, ideal um, character seems to be, like, the all-American working-class hero. That's what The Rock likes to do. Because in Snitch, he plays, like, he plays the owner of this, like, small freighting company. And yeah. in... Um, in San Andreas, he's like the as as I said, the search and rescue helicopter driver. He likes he likes to play these kind of all American working class heroes. That's the the Rock's role. Um, he's preparing him for that run in office, you know. <laughs> so um, unfortunately, the three movies that I watched this this week with the Rock in them were not were not great. Um, uh, now going through his. Um, his filmography. I'm not sure that there's too many other ones that I'm super looking forward to. Um, so I don't know why I'm doing this, but I kind of that was my reasoning for watching the movies this week. I, I heard Baywatch was absolutely horrendous. Uh, yeah, Central Intelligence, like I have to watch. Uh, Hercules, obviously, he was in Pain and Gain. God, Hercules, Jesus. G.I. Joe Retaliation. Uh, fucking hell this guy's been in some trash Journey to the Mysterious Island uh, he was in a movie called Faster which is not one of the Fast and Furious movies um, he was in The Other Guys Tooth Fairy, Race to Witch Mountain Get Smart, 
Gridiron Gang, Southland Tales, Doom. So you might hear about some of those over the next coming weeks. Uh, I also saw a movie called Isle of Dogs, which is the latest Wes Anderson film. You love dogs. <laughs> I do. And that's why I watched the movie called Isle of Dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, it's great. Um, I'm a really big fan of Wes Anderson. I've seen all his movies. Uh, and this one, I think, would be up near near the top. Um Wes Anderson, of course, uh, is the director who brought us Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is obviously where the similarities lie because that is also a stop, uh, stop-motion animated movie. He made Resident Ro- Evil. Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, not Resident Evil. He did not do Magnolia or The Master. Um, he did uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Darjeeling Limited, which is my favorite one, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, blah, 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 blah. Um, so Isle of Dogs uh, is about a far, an, a near off future, a not not too far away future, where uh, in Japan, uh, the mayor of this uh, city decides to outlaw dogs and ship them off to a, an island where usually uh, is used as a dump where they ship trash off to. Basically, it's called Trash oh, Island, and that's where they they send all the dogs of this this area off to there. I I already don't like this. Um, and the movie is about the dogs uh, uh, as a, a small child um, stows away in an, or steals an airplane and flies to the island to find his missing dog. And the, the movie goes from there. Um, lots and lots of uh, voice actors in it who you, you would recognize, especially people who are quite often appearing in these Wes Anderson films. So you have Brian Cranston, Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Greta Gerwig, Francis McDormand, Scarlett Johansson, Harvey Keitel, F. Murray Abraham, Yoko Ono is in it, who plays a character called Yoko Ono, um, who is oh, not nice. not Yoko Ono, as we know it. Tilda Swinton is in it. Um, Leif Schreiber. It goes on and on and on. Great, great cast. And um, the, the Jeff Goldblum dog must stick out a mile away. Uh, go faster. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, you arf arf. You know. <laughs> no, Jeff Goldblum actually doesn't stick out that much. He he does. Uh, he he gives basically a not very Jeff Goldblumy performance. It's not all oh, mm, you know that I I'm a dog living on the. Um. <laughs> he he doesn't do that. He's not you know go faster. Go. I wish he did though. I know. I I would watch that movie. Um. Oh. Jeff Goldblum, who of course was also in Cats and Dogs, which also was a movie about dogs. Although he did not play a dog in that movie, he played the... an underrated Wes Anderson film, if you ask me. You know, <laughs> uh, oh, your team uh, ain't doodly squat, which is uh, a real line from Cats and Dogs because I used to have that on VHS. Um, <laughs> so Isle of Dogs is is after Coco, the second ten I've given this year. Uh, wow. And shoots the number two in my favorite movies of the year, um, which is weird because this year, I think in uh, in quite a while, is the only year that I've had an animated movie at number one in my like favorites of the year. Uh, but actually, this year my top three movies are all animated movies. So I have Coco, Isle of Dogs, and The Breadwinner are my three top ones of the year so far. Uh, now, the problem with Isle of Dogs is 
It's not going to be in cinemas much longer because, of course, coming out on uh, Thursday this week is a little movie called Avengers Infinity War. So oh, yeah. if you want to see it in cinema, go see it now. Otherwise, I would definitely recommend picking it up uh, on Blu-ray or on Netflix or wherever it shows up. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Really, really great movie. Better than Fantastic Mr. Fox, if you like that. Um, super, super good. Uh, there was there was a bit of controversy about it when it came out. I didn't really think that there was anything really to. I think it was people looking for things to complain about. Um, Why? What was it? Um, there were just um, complaints that uh, it had certain similarities to, um, let's say, Japanese regimes of the past. And oh, I did. I didn't really buy into. Uh, into um too much of a controversy like i didn't think that there was any um you know poor d- depictions of japan or or anything of that i think some some people had even kind of accused of the film of like having certain racist kind of tendencies in terms of the way that the japanese were portrayed but I, I as as an irish man who has never been to japan or don't know any japanese people i was not offended by how japan was portrayed in the movie it was in fact, I thought it was a quite like positive portrayal of Japan. Um, mm. And like like any movie, there are good people and bad people. So I I don't think that it was necessarily saying anything about Japan in a, like a stereotype way. So I went ten out of ten on it. Um, uh, give it a definite definite recommendation. And I am going to I'm going to be going to the cinema on. Wednesday. I don't have any movies with Jane, Dwayne Johnson out to see, but I will be seeing a little movie called A Quiet Place. Oh, very good. Oh, but speaking of that exact movie, Paul, <laughs> I saw that movie. <laughs> it's reet good. It is. Right. Um, so it's the uh, directorial debut of John Krasinski. Who is that guy off the American Office that I've never seen? Did, did um, he do the soundtrack of Drive? Yes. I don't know what joke you're making because I don't know who did that. So, no. never mind then. Anyway, uh, you would like that uh, music though. I would like what? Uh, Kavinsky. It's a oh Kavinsky. Well, Kavinsky yeah. is well. Is I like an electronic like artist. Okay. Yeah, I like listen drive. to that album. Anyway. It's really good. Uh, so, yeah, A Quiet Place is pretty damn great. It's one of the best horror films I have seen in ages. Uh, it is, the premise of the film, if you are unaware, is that it's a kind of post-apocalyptic uh, film, basically following the, the this family who are trying to survive uh, after society has fallen because some things, they don't get into if they're aliens or monsters or mutants or zombies. They're, well, they're not zombies, no, because they are big. They're not humanoids. They are big, disgusting creatures. Um, but they basically uh, all, almost wiped out most of humanity, uh, and they are uh, basically their thing is that they are blind, but they have like incredible hearing, and so you ba- they basically have to live in silence, um, uh, lest they be uh, disemboweled. Uh, so it's uh, Krasinski, his wife, and uh, two kids. There is a third kid who dies in the first five minutes spoiler uh, that's the premise of the film don't worry 
Um, and so basically them, them trying to kind of uh, make do uh, in this very unusual setting. It's, it's really interesting because the, the big, kind of the big thing about the film, aside from the sound gimmick, is that they are trying to tell the story of kind of trying to tell a story about a family surviving in a post-apocalyptic world rather than it simply being about the actual survival and fighting monsters and, and, and resource gathering and stuff like that. It's very much more about their kind of relationships. Um, and one thing I really enjoyed about it is that it kind of, you know, flips certain ideas upside down, like how we communicate or fight or learn or, or do all this stuff when our, uh, you know, basically language is taken away. Um, it's it's really really good, um, uh, and it is one of the tensest um, uh, uh, movies that I've seen in forever. Because obviously sound is a big thing, and there's extended periods of the film where it's it's extremely quiet, uh, save for you know these these weird creatures kind of clicking and moving around in the distance. And I I sort of caught myself several times, sort of like almost holding my breath, kind of sitting on edge during these scenes because they they were, they were so well done. Um, uh, that that I was I was really really invested in it. There, there, you could nitpick the plot in certain areas. The gimmick, for lack of a better term, of the of the monsters, you could, you could pick apart here or there. But uh, I, I think it's it's really well done. I think you'll enjoy it quite a lot, Paul. It's it's really um, mm. uh, really really well done. And and for a, for a directorial debut, it's it's incredibly well made. It looks great. Uh, performances are all really, really solid. Uh, the child actors are very good, uh, which is always a potential weak spot for any film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so that's that. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I think the second half is a bit weaker than the first. I'll be very interested to hear your thoughts on the ending. Uh, I will not say one thing or another about it, but I'll just be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, it's it's really great. Um. So yeah, uh, I saw it midweek in the cinema, uh, and it is it. This is a cinema film. This is a film to see in the cinema because you want that sweet, sweet surround sound. It, the, the sound design in the film is excellent, but obviously, then the the the, the flip side of that is uh, you may have some uh, annoying fuckers surrounding you. I did not. I was kind of lucky. No one was on their phone during a, 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 a you know a scene where I had my butthole clenched out of tension. <laughs> Um, you know, there was none of that shit, but I can, I can imagine this potentially being hell to see in a theater, but that's also the main place you should see it. So, uh, mm. I think you're picking a good night cause I think a lot of people are going to go to midnight screenings of infinity war. So if you go on Wednesday, I think they're not, there's not going to be a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, also there was just fucking nobody there when I went to see it. I was, it was me and Kira and I would say maybe six other people. So, uh, so yeah, really great, really, really fantastic. Great performances, great sense of style, clever premise. Doesn't feel like just another post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, pretty much blows away most of its contemporaries in that regard. So yeah, really, really looking forward to that. And uh, I will be one of the jabroni marks going to a, a midnight screening of Infinity Wars. So. Uh, what? Uh, uh, Iron Man, I can't wait a week to see you. Well, yeah, well, uh, he's, he's only been in fifteen movies. Uh, well, yes, what if, what if this is the last one? I have to see it. God, don't want to be spoiled on it, lads. Yeah. Oh, spoiler! None of them die. <laughs> well, except maybe one of the shit ones. You know which ones they are. 
anyway. Uh, yeah, so strong recommendation there for A Quiet Place. I went four and a half on it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Whoa. So- some of the reservations I had with that second half of the film, which were were minor, but they were just enough that I was like, this this isn't a, a five star. And it, also, I was kind of thinking, mm, I wonder if I watch this back, will those little things annoy me more on a repeat viewing? But it's a great, it's a great enthralling first time experience for sure. So yeah, uh, look forward to you reporting back on that, Paul. Um, that's it for me. That's the only film I saw uh, uh, this week, I think. And anyway, let me jog my memory here i would have put it on the list uh quiet place no that's it that's it for me um i just well i'm not really going to review this next movie because basically what happened is i switched it off after half an hour because it was so (laughs) boring um it's called detroit and it's set during uh riots in detroit this is with john uh, John boyega right oh yes. yes Um, which is kind of what attracted me to it because I, I do like the boy Boyega and um, it, it seemed like an interesting premise for a film it's set in the 60s during uh, kind of race riots in Detroit and you know Motown and all that stuff going on um, it's directed by Catherine Bigelow who you know won the Oscar and all that yeah. Locker. Um, God it was boring oh my god <laughs> oh it was, oh you should, have, you, should have, you should have put it on San Andreas. I've, I would have enjoyed it more, it I'll be been, honest. It might have been less boring. There was, Yeah, there was just nothing in that first half an hour that, that kind of engaged me at all. Um, but John Boyega's not even in it that much in the first half an hour. Uh, there's all these different kind of stories going on across the city, but I, I just uh, didn't enjoy it. Um, maybe it's a good film, maybe I just wasn't in the mood, but I, I don't think I'll bother trying to watch it again. Um, yeah, anyway, so no no thumbs for that one. Just right. <laughs> thumbless. Um, speaking of movies, I've also been reading a book, um, which is not technically a movie, but it was made into a movie. Oh. Um, a little movie called The Big Short. Oh, I like that. Uh, which, which has this... Yeah, long-time listeners will know I've seen about 25 times. Um, movie I, I really, really love. So I decided to buy the book that it was based on, uh, written by uh, Michael Lewis, who I think also did Moneyball book as well, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really, really good. It's if, if you like the film, you will enjoy the book because it, it tells quite a similar story with a similar sort of tone. Obviously, it just goes into a lot more depth about the various kind of people who were uh, betting against the subprime mortgage industry. Um, so it's quite an interesting book. It, at times, it does kind of get quite deep into the, the financial uh, kind of mechanics of the, the loans and stuff. And I kind of get a bit lost uh, after a paragraph or two. But it, it doesn't go into that too much. It, it's mainly about the kind of people involved and the the culture that led to all this, this debt and denial and on Wall Street and of course the economic crash. Yeah, I've nearly finished it. I've got about 50 pages left. But yeah, it's a, hmm. it's a really enjoyable book. So That's that was good. Book Guff. Whoa. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, that's movie guff this week. Tons of movies, and uh, despite their grumpiness, I'll be blessing the lads with a nice early on time 
review of Infinity War next week. You're not going to have to wait weeks for one of us to see it. I'll be there, lads. Don't you worry. They're going to have takes about the other nerds I saw at the um, uh, proceedings. I'll tell you what, though. Tell you who's the real. I tell you what, though. I I am an idiot for for trying this, right? Because uh, I went to book the tickets on the cinema website, and it said uh, your payment failed. And I was like, all right, let me try this again. Try it again. It goes your payment failed. It's like, all right, I'll just fucking go to the cinema and get the tickets. Check my bank account. They fucking charged me for the tickets both times, but never sent them to me. I was like, you you workers, you absolute workers. You've 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 taken my money and you've ran. Uh, so I called them and they're like, yeah, we're having system issues. So they were like, uh, we're having a technical issue. You'll have to speak to your bank to cancel the transaction. I was like, oh, you fuckers. Don't make me call the bank. Don't make me call the bank. Oh, no. Uh, so now so I have to do that tomorrow. I have to call the bank, try and find a human in the bank to speak to. Oh, God. So, yeah. So I'm already, I'm already, I've already been made a fool of by trying to see this stupid child movie. Um, but anyway. We got some wrestling shit we need to talk about here, folks. We got uh, a superstar shake-up and all that jazz to talk about. Uh, so, uh, rather than doing a whole Raw Smackdown uh, 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 review, because I don't think there's anything especially notable, let's just talk about the superstar shake-up. Uh, let me see here. The big trades. Uh, let me see. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn went to uh, Raw after their... Uh, after their failure at an attempt to get a spot last week. I think the key thing here is that Kurt Angle said, no, you're not getting a spot, but they had a letter from Stephanie uh, saying, uh, I'm giving them a, st- a spot. So perhaps they're leading to another Triple H Angle match. I don't know. Um, they're only on SmackDown for a few months, were they? They. It was the last uh, shakeup they went yeah, but when did they do that shakeup? Was it relatively soon after the uh, as well? Yeah, so it's, it's roughly a year. Yeah, roughly a year. Because I, I must say, I'm not a big fan of doing the Raw after Mania and the SmackDown after Mania with call ups, and then the next week, the shakeup. I think it's too much kind of chaos to do in two weeks. Kind of, yeah. I see. I kind of like it because it, it, I think it gives a sense of momentum. It just kinda, like because typically. Makes my head spin. Because typically it's like after the Raw, after Mania, it's like, okay, back to vanilla-ass fucking Raw. But but I can understand what you're saying. I do feel like they are swapping and changing an awful lot. I do think it's important to keep certain people on certain shows, give those shows a sense of identity. You know, Like, for um, instance, you had Jeff Hardy return on Raw last week. He won the US title and yeah. then got moved to SmackDown. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's just like too many things at once for me. Yeah, and he beat, of course, Jinder Mahal, who is now on Raw. Um, and so, in general, I will just say this: it feels like SmackDown got a lot of great stuff, and Raw got a lot of uh, with SmackDown side. Yeah, Raw. Well, I'll, Raw I'll, I'll go down. through here real fast. The 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 people who moved to Raw, okay? Jinder yeah. Mahal, bad, yeah. right? Uh, the Riot Squad, not particularly good. Uh, I like me some Liv Morgan, you know, but. Well, we're we're not talking about Westworld anymore. So <coughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah. All right. Now I'm 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 excited to see those two do something that does not involve Shane McMahon. Yeah, I feel like they had kind of a although Sami Zayn as a heel was very good. I feel like Kevin Owens especially just kind of stagnated this year. Um, Breezango, dead in the water. 
Uh, Zack well, Ryder. On a, a three-hour show, they might. They might. Well, they they won against the bar on Raw, but I assume that next week they'll be completely forgotten about. Zack Ryder, gone. Uh, gone. Natalia, she's not going to do anything. Although oh, a few no, no, on the rises. Oh my God! We'll talk about that in a bit. Jesus Christ. Mojo Raleigh. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Oh. Treading gosh. water at this point. Baron Corbin, who I. I was the person I thought of last week when doing my who is the worst wrestler on the roster idea. Yeah. Um, did you see that referee last week, Barry, by the way? Oh, my God. Um, my, uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, Mike Kanellis, The Ascension, Bobby Roode, and, yeah. and maybe the only one that's a little bit of a shame because I don't, I don't see them doing anything, Chad Gable. Breaking up, for whatever reason, that Chad Gable-Shelton Benjamin team. Well, I mean, I kind of liked their matches, but it was such a they were they were never pushing them. Um, Even less so now, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're not gonna they're not gonna push short ass fucking Chad Gable with his no promos. Sure. Um. Uh. Yeah. So a couple of things about this shakeup. So I mean, like I said, I think I think other than Owens and Zayn, I think they got a lot of crap. You got Bobby Roode out here with his fucking song that nobody cares about. Or no, his song is the thing people do care about. He's the thing that nobody he, else cares he needs, about. He needs to be a heel right away. Yeah, absolutely. What are they doing um, with him as a babyface? What a weird decision. Uh, so, Natalia. So, God almighty. So, I I, I kind of anticipated that Ronda's next feud was going to be a bit of a downgrade because obviously you cannot, you cannot just constantly have her main eventing, especially if she's a full-timer. She has to be... She has to mix it up with the rest of the women, but are are they really are they really doing the I'm friends with Natalia? Oh no, Natalia turned on me feud. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. I mean first of all, I'm just so sick of Natalia. I think she's so annoying and just this just like you know, in the I, I always thought of her as kind of back when the division was a lot weaker, she was kind of the one-eyed woman in the land of the blind, because she was like she had certain deficiencies as a performer. Obviously, she doesn't have a whole lot of personality, but she was really good bell to bell. But these days, it's just like that. She's first of all, she doesn't stand out as as especially good in the ring when the, when the talent level is so high. And second of all, her shortcomings in the in the personality department, I think, stick out like a sore thumb. So I just have no time for her in general. But it's such a talk about a just rousy, just having the the, the lamest. Uh, possible follow-up. I, I can only assume they're doing this because they trust Natalia to have an okay match with her and not kill her. Sure. Um, but oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I mean, I just couldn't... I watched that and I was like, oh my god, that's that's really, really terrible. Um, uh, speaking... Uh, not as bad, but similarly curious, uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler? Yeah, it's weird. It seems like they're putting Drew McIntyre in the kind of the diesel... Uh, role. Yeah, there. except except they've only just joined together, and I'm already begging for them to break up and for McIntyre to power bomb him through the ring. Well, they might you know, do. They might do a rod this week. Then. Yeah, these yeah these days, who knows? Or maybe you know, if there's enough oil money in it, they might do it on Friday. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, but um, yeah, very very weird. So so. And then, as I think, as you kind of alluded to, like you know, Baron Corbin, Mojo, Raleigh, Zack Ryder. I can't, I'm actually, I mean, I'm not upset about it because I have no time for him. I'm actually kind of surprised at the level to which Baron Corbin has has fallen off the face of the earth. Um, 
Nice. Uh, he's still around on SmackDown every week. He's, he's still around, but they're not pushing him. Mike Kanellis, I mean, not only are they doing nothing with him, but his missus is still on uh, maternity leave. Yeah. Um. So, like, he's, I mean, on his own, oh, my gosh, that guy is just no chance at all. Um. And uh, uh, and that, that concludes the uh, the Raw, what Raw got. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, it, ding, 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 yeah. ding. Uh, big, the, the big one, the big one that they revealed on Raw. Obviously, they all the, everyone. It, it was very much a thing where on Raw the people showed up on Raw. They didn't say who went to SmackDown except for the Miz, which um, was a great reveal. To be fair, it was fantastic. That whole that whole segment was honestly great. I thought Owens and Zayn were fantastic. I thought Miz was great. I thought Angle was like at his best since his since his return, which I've been critical of. Uh, so he went over there, and they are obviously teasing the uh, the Daniel Bryan match. Um, They'll be working together in the UK. They confirmed that on their Twitter. They said Brian versus Miz is happening on the UK house shows. Yeah, um, I would think that they would hold off the Darren Brian Miz until like SummerSlam. Because that's, 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 that's a big one. It's a big one. I was thinking you could, if you wanted, do it at WrestleMania. I, I would have no problem with either Mania or SummerSlam. I'm hoping they're just doing it on the house show just to sell a few tickets and it, and it won't actually be the TV feud because I, I really don't want to see them waste that on like backlash or something. You know what I mean? I'm um, not good enough for backlash. <laughs> so uh, the Miz has gone over. That's fine. Uh, the other big jumps, Samoa Joe. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so, so Samoa Joe is in a kind of a weird thing where they started that Reigns feud on Raw uh, and they're facing each other at backlash. Uh, and then after that, I guess Joe's over to SmackDown. And uh, given some of the other people who went to SmackDown, I think I think that's great for him. Um, he's been on Raw, I think, since he debuted. We, so, we can uh, get Joe AJ in WWE now, which is my favorite match of all time. Joe AJ, Joe Bryan, Joe, Je- Joe Jeff Hardy. I mean, that could be... I'm sure that happened in TNA a couple of times, but I'm interested in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Joe and Rusev. Rusev, yeah, Joe, oh, and, Joe yeah. and Cesaro. Oh, yeah, the jo- options. Joe yeah. and Andrade Almas. Oh, yes, which is the other, which is probably the second biggest uh, uh, jump. Uh, Andrade, Cien Almas, and uh, Zelina Vega showed up um, for their big call-up. Uh, very curious to see what they do with him. Very, very curious. Obviously, he's coming off the hottest you know, streak imaginable uh, in NXT. He's just been doing so, so well. Uh, after such a shaky start, so um, so we shall see there. Uh, Oscar, um, yeah. you know that's uh, that's solid. I think they they um, she she's kind of done everything she can do on Raw. I think it's kind of weird they're putting her on the same brand as Charlotte, but I guess you know they've they've already had a match, so why keep them apart? Um, let me see here. Jeff Hardy, obviously, as we talked about, um, Jeff and Matt fully split up again, very quietly. They didn't, they didn't draw too much attention to it, but Matt and Bray still on Raw as a team, and uh, Jeff on SmackDown. Yeah, I saw I, uh, people thinking that um, Bray Wyatt was going to get involved with Sanity, but they are now also on SmackDown. Yes, yeah. Oh, I forgot, I forgot about that. Actually, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, SmackDown got a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, so Sanity, uh, Jeff Hardy. Uh, let me see here. Yep. Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose. Um, Paige obviously being the new general manager. Yes, yeah, that you, you know that kind of. I'm sure they'll draw attention to that in some capacity. Uh, Gallows and Anderson. I mean, you'd imagine they're just going to wallow away like they already have been, unless unless they do something with AJ. But I don't know if they they will. 
Um, it was interesting because they had been kind of reintroduced with Finn Balor, and then they've just dropped that quietly as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They in hind- this is a very cu- them being signed. This is very curious in hindsight because they've never they've never stuck to any of these. They've teased these reunions and they've they've paired them with AJ. They paired them with Finn. It never really lasts. It's uh, it's very very odd. Um, the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah. Um, so they can mix it up with the New Day and the Usos and what have you. Um, big Cass who returned um, from injury. He is feuding with Daniel Bryan, um, which is not exactly the hottest use of Daniel Bryan post injury. Uh, well, I assume this is just going to be a quick, quick deal because obviously with Miz moving over, that's where their focus is going to be. Unless, unless this lad, the uh, cast is paired kind of with the Miz, which I don't think would be too bad an idea. I think that'd be an alright idea because he can't really talk, you know. No, he's got. Kind uh, of a... He's a bit rubbish. He's a bit deadpan. Yeah. Uh, Our truth, sanity, we mentioned. Almost we mentioned. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, keeping a lot of the big players Nakamura, AJ Styles, same put. Uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, same put. Um, So, yeah, a pretty good get for SmackDown. The question now is whether or not they can, you know, use them uh, uh, in interesting ways. Um, but yeah, time shall tell. So we're kind of in a weird space now where all the matches for the Greatest Royal Rumble were already kind of in place. Several matches for Backlash were already in place. So um, uh, they're, they're kind of they're going to finish up the kind of current crop of feuds they had from before the shakeup. You know, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal is happening. Uh, um, uh, Reigns and and uh, Joe. So they're doing all those, and then I imagine we'll, we'll get a fresh lineup of, of feuds after those pay-per-views, so yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, a, little, a little transitional per- period for a minute, I would say. Yeah, which is kind of always the way. I, I, last year, didn't they have the, the whole Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton thing? They got separated by the shake-up after, and, but they still had a pay-per-view match. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that is your uh, that is your Superstar shake-up. Some interesting stuff. SmackDown really, really looks like it's going to be a lot more watchable. Um, uh, you know, I think I think in particular their women's and tag team division got a lot of benefit from uh, from this. You got Absolution and Asuka coming over. You got the Bar um, uh, getting to mix it up with the Usos and stuff. So yeah, good for them. Uh, so yeah, yeah, sticking with the wrestling news, we had the the passing of Bruno Sammartino, obviously the uh, uh, the New York wrestling legend from from back mm. in the day, back in the WWF days, or. Did they have their third W back then? I don't know. It's not a history. It's not, yeah. not a history podcast. <laughs> this is not Dave Meltzer's uh, obituary. No, this, this is not. This is not the to go for. So, one M or two M's in San Martino? Anyone? <laughs> he was Italian, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, obviously before our time. But yeah, you know, he he uh, he, he he was always a very uh, interesting interview subject. I liked his Observer radio shows. I liked his appearances on various other things. Uh, obviously, he's had a, a sort of a, an incredible life story that has been almost turned into movies and documentaries several times over, but never, never quite got there. Um, yeah, very interesting guy, uh, and obviously a huge, huge, huge aspect of uh, WWE what it is today. Uh, have any of us ever seen Bruno Sammartino match? No. Uh, wait, 
I think I watched one once on uh, I was reviewing a Blu-ray collection of Madison Square Garden matches and I think they had a Bruno match on there and it was a very weird thing where they had modern day Jim Ross record commentary for it. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I, but I could, I could not even tell you who it was against. This was quite a while ago, so kind of seen one but don't have any recollection of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's before our time. It was pre-television so you didn't have to do flips. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, i.e., what we're saying is it was bad. It was rubbish, you know. Um, <laughs> Boring. Um, I'm sure they were great for the time. For and he was obviously time. a very charismatic performer uh, with a great physique. Yeah, he put butts in seats. You know what I mean? That's, I mean? that's what it's about. That's what it's about. He put butts in seats with his charisma. He did He did have, I mean, obviously lots of old photos of him going around uh, this week. He did have like a quintessential pro wrestler physique, especially when you think of like a 1950s pro wrestler, like just big, barrel-chested, you know. Um, uh, Massive tits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Harry. Rest in peace. Bruno. I think what he's most memorable to me for, and what it, people of my era, is he, he was like a, a legendary Vince McMahon beef haver. You know, mm. um, it was him and Warrior, uh, and they both squashed the beef. I mean, it's kind of funny that, like, like Bruno is like, they're, they're putting on a trash product and everyone's on steroids. Like, yeah, everything's changed now, Bruno, hasn't it? It's. <laughs> a much better industry now but i mean to be fair when he was finally inducted in the hall of fame they did you know there were less women getting beaten up on the show on a weekly basis i'll say that much at the very least by men yeah. you know yeah. Um, yeah so i mean you can you can split hairs about whether or not you think he actually was right or wrong to swallow his pride and make up but yeah so rest in peace uh uh bruno uh paul did you watch nxt this week i did um, I actually watched also the the NXT from the week before, which was the um, the takeover. You know the way when they do the little like dark matches from the takeover, uh, and that was notable just for the fact that it featured the debut of War Machine, who are now called the War <laughs> Raiders. Oh yeah, which uh, weirdly, Mauro Ronaldo knew right away. He went, "That's War Raiders." There was there wasn't any yeah. mention. Of, like, oh. They used to be called War Machine. No. There have always been War Raiders, apparently. Uh, but yeah, this week's NXT featured um, a main event between uh, Candice LeRae and Zelina Vega, which I think was the in-ring debut for both of them. I uh, think so, yeah. In NXT. Um, they main evented, and then afterwards, Johnny Gargano said that he only has one more thing to do now in NXT, and that's win the NXT title. And Aleister Black came out. And said, you want it next week? You got it. And then Maranalo went, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so next week we're going to get Aster Black against Johnny Gargano for the NXT title, which is probably a match you'll want to tune in for. Uh, Ricochet also had his full sale debut, uh, or at least his, the, his on-air debut uh, at full sale. He had a match against a man that Barry and I are very familiar with from OTT, Fabian Eichner. Yes. They had a good little match. Um, Fabian Eichner is real good. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for the match here. Uh, Ricochet, of course, won with the 
30 and then cut a promo that was actually pretty good. It was much better than the one when he debuted at the end of NXT a few weeks ago where he went, I'll see you at TakeOver. This one was uh, was quite good. Um, and also, Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane had a very hard-hitting no-DQ match, which uh, Sullivan won with his freak accident on a chair, which kind of seemed like the the writing off of Killian Dane. Killian Dane's pretty good, I must say. Yeah. Um, also on NXT next week, another reason to tune in, Adam Cole will defend the NXT North American title for the first time against Oni Lorcan. That's going to oh. be fun. Um, they also had a little segment with uh, Shayna Baszler intimidating all the women in the uh, dressing room. No one stood up to her. Uh, and also, Kona Reeves is re-debuting. Um, Kona Reeves is a nondescript Hawaiian man who is not very good. I, I, didn't, I have no clue who that was when you said that. Uh, you might have seen GIFs of him. He looks a bit like John Morrison now. Uh, hmm. With he's got sunglasses on, his hair blown back. Um, yeah, don't uh, don't hold hold out hopes for that one because he kind of sucks. Anyway, uh, so that's kind of the the main points from NXT. A good good week this week to kind of kickstart a few new storylines. Um, yeah. Uh, so we have the, uh, greatest Royal Rumble coming up on Friday, uh, which is the Saudi, the controversial Saudi Arabian, uh, uh, <laughs> propaganda gimmick, um, uh, which is on the award-winning WWE Network. Paul and Joe, yeah. this kicks off at 4 p.m. our time. I won't even be home from work uh, yet. I I will be leaving work at that time on Friday, so I may be watching the first hour of it on my telephone device but on the bus. Don't you have the thing anyway on the network where you can, even with a live broadcast, watch from the beginning? Well, no, but I, I like to watch it live and live tweet with this, you know. Oh, uh, I'll ma- I'll make do with with the, with missing the first half hour of uh, uh, fucking Renee Young's pre-show panel. Um, so I don't know how they're segmenting this. I don't know if it if it is the first hour is a pre-show, but uh, it just came out today. Uh, WWE Network released schedule. Oh, yeah. Greatest Royal Rumble, folks, is scheduled for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm running through here, uh, uh, including the one hour kickoff. Okay, yeah. So so the first hour. So from four p.m. Four p.m. to ten. UK time then is it? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, so, so the um, the first, so five PM will be the main show kickoff. So yeah, I will probably just be getting in home uh, to watch the main show. That's good. Uh, I don't know if they have, um, I don't know if they're going to put a match on that or or if it's just going to be a pre-show panel stuff. But anyway, let's run down the card here. So of course, obviously, no women on this show. You know, we're not. I think we talked about that before. Everyone's had their takes. We're not going to get into all that here. Um. Uh. But so all the all every single men's championship is being defended. Uh. On this. So this is this is very much kind of like it's kind of feels like a WrestleMania kind of rematch show, like almost like a a, a quintessential mm. backlash of days of yore. 
mostly rematches here uh, uh, for this. So uh, Cedric Alexander will defend the Cruiserweight title against an opponent to be confirmed. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos for the SmackDown titles. I don't really know what to expect. Obviously, the three-way at Mania was short and kind of pointless. Um, hypothetically, it could be a good match because the Usos are great and, and Harper is really good and Rowan's okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really... Any thoughts on that? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> It'd be a squash match, basically. Do, do you think so? Yeah. I, I was I was thinking they might do more of a proper match here. It depends how much oil money they got for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the Raw Tag Team Championships. This will be a, a new champion of some variety because it is a... Uh, 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 a vacated title following Nicholas mm. and, and Bray and uh, Bray Braun. Uh, Woken, Matt Hardy, and Bray Wyatt versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Obviously, Cesaro and Sheamus are on SmackDown, so you can kind of figure mm. that out for yourself. Uh, God, I've absolutely... I've more interest in Braun and the Childs than I do uh, in Matt Hardy and, and Bray. So, uh, I can't agree with you on that one, unfortunately. Braun, Because Braun and the Child sucked, and it was one of the worst things ever. And, okay. No, okay. No. Well, At least Bray Wyatt is a wrestler. The Nicholas thing was stupid. Please rubbish. No, I would oh, much Barry. rather. I I would much rather <laughs> they do weird goofball comedy where the kids. Like, it wasn't even stuff. comedy though. Yeah, if, it wasn't funny. But, but what if? Okay, I would rather. <laughs> you, I would rather. <laughs> I would rather Nicholas pulls a slingshot out of his back pocket like Dennis the Menace and shoots Cesaro in the back of the head, leading to Braun scoring the roll-up win. I would rather watch that than Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy do their awful, embarrassing, business-exposing shtick. Okay? They are garbage. Business-exposing. Joe, back me up on this one. Well, I think Barry just ruined the main event of Joe Janela's Spring Break 3, by the way. <laughs> anyway. um, fucking <laughs> Mark. All right, yeah, anyway. no, Barry's talking ass. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Bray Wyatt is good, but, you know. That, that, that Nicholas thing was so harmful to Strowman that... It basically destroyed the business. I was, I was, I was, it, I was itching watching it. I was uncomfortable <laughs> watching it. Uh, Strowman's already ruined. Who cares? Hey, what? About it? Oh, mm, fuck it. I can't even guess. Go on. <laughs> All right. So another one of these wacky matches where it's a foregone conclusion because of the draft. Uh, Jeff Hardy defends the US title against Jinder. Obviously, Jeff is on SmackDown. Jinder is on Raw. Uh, Raw has the IC title. The chances of Jeff losing here are very, very small. I, I can't imagine it being a particularly good match either. No. The audio. No, well, the Raw match was all right, but, you know, um, the the only uh, shadow of doubt in this is, I believe, Randy Orton challenges for the US title at Backlash. Yeah, correct. So they could have Jinder win and then Orton win to bring it back on SmackDown. But again, that's pointlessly jumping it around. Uh, you know, I'm excited about a Jeff Hardy singles run. I think they should give him a long run. I don't think they should be hot potatoing belts back on yeah. Jinder and so on. Uh, so yeah, so that there's that match in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Samoa Joe. 
Should be great. That'd be good. This could be another five-star Melty Classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's weird about this show is I don't know how the crowd are going to react. Are they going to, like, freak out? Have they seen Aladdin before? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, do they get... I suppose they don't get much wrestling over there in terms of live. Um... But uh, I, I just don't know what I don't know what to expect from the the reactions on that is what I'm saying. Um, mm. But anyway, and that's true for the whole card. So uh, yeah, uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura rematch from WrestleMania. Uh, I think the two major championship matches. I think everyone's kind of looking at this going, are they going to actually do the changes here? Because you know, make good based on the shitty shitty booking of the of, of the WrestleMania matches. Hmm. I feel like it's going to be a way better match than WrestleMania um, with Nakamura going here. Yeah, interesting whether they switch the titles. I don't know if they do it yet. I feel like there's money in Nakamura still eventually, I don't know, screwing styles over down the line. Uh, Yeah, you guys enjoying Shinsuke as a heel? I I liked the stuff he's been doing. I like it when uh, he hit him in the groin. Yeah, that's good. I like the no speak English because it kind of yeah. plays into the representation of Asian wrestlers in WWE historically. But he's doing that it. Is, he's doing is, it knowingly as a, a heel. Sounds good. But yeah, but that's the problem is he's a heel. I'm wondering are they tempting faith with uh, with crowd reactions and chants and signs and things by having a heel go out and say that? Mm, I don't think so. Um, I pretty, don't know. Pretty tongue in cheek. But uh, anyway. We got a uh, a steel cage for the Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. For the last two weeks, Roman Reigns has come out and cried like a little bitch on Raw that Brock Lesnar still isn't showing up to work. I'm like, you lost, you fucking loser. You absolute fucking loser. Stop complaining about the other guy not showing up when he whooped your hole at WrestleMania. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the thing as well is that in the eyes of the fans, the guys that don't show up every week are the real stars. Like they're the, the part timers are the ones who, you know, are kind of elevated beyond your average cool. you know, TV guy. Exactly. So pointing it out every week doesn't make him look like a fucking, you know, oh, he's the good guy, he's the workhorse. It, it just yeah. makes him look like a fucking jabroni. Which God, is, everyone on Raw, everyone come on at Raw, me, bro. Everyone on Raw hated him this week. So he's booing him. It's like, yeah, because he's a part-timer or whatever, but he fucking killed you at WrestleMania. Like, I, I just like, oh, God, it's terrible. Fucking Roman. Anyway, uh, are they doing a switch here? I honestly don't know. I think they will. I think Reigns wins. Yeah, you think you can't imagine they're going to beat him any more than they already have. Um, mm. Although, the funny thing about that is that you could argue they've already done it too much, but, but look, trying to trying to really make sense of the WWE booking is, is a fool's errand. Uh we got Undertaker versus Rusev in a casket match. Uh, in the time since we last did this show, they changed that to Jericho and then changed it back to Rusev. Hmm. Um, I don't know how, yeah. how, how legitimate the, the rumblings of heat with Rusev are. I honestly can't really say I care. Um, I don't expect this to be anything good or long. I don't think it's a good match, but I'm just excited by the kind of the, the, the gimmick and the you know spectacle of Steve Rusev and Undertaker it'll be, it'll be fun it reminds me of like a early 90s European tour match like Undertaker versus some <laughs> big heel in a casket yeah. match yeah. Uh, Kamala 
Um, for some reason, Triple H versus John Cena. That is the main event. They, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Triple H beats him in three minutes, <laughs> God, that'd be great. And then the uh, the fifty man Greatest Royal Rumble, which is for Ooh. a trophy, by the way, not a not a title shot. Oh, uh, who who will win the Greatest Royal Rumble and go on to main event the Greatest WrestleMania? Yeah. So, oh, this gets a match at 17. Oh, uh, So, yeah, you'd have to imagine they're going to fill this to the broom with jabronis. Um, they've confirmed Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho are both in it. Um, Daniel Bryan's in it. Uh, Daniel Bryan's in it. Uh, and a bunch of other mid-card fools. Um, yeah, I, it's going to be weird. It's going to be... I mean, I'm, su- I'm assuming it'll still be fun because it's a Royal Rumble, but like, it's hard to care when, when they don't have a real tangible thing on the line. Also, I'm wondering if they're going to do surprises. Are they going to have fucking Honky Tonk Man coming out? I, um, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, is it, really, is it just going to be like 50 like WWE and NXT guys? I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got Jericho. Well, they, they have, they have one out. guy from the tryouts, apparently, is going to be in it. From this oh week. my god! Oh my god! That was like a prize, apparently. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, that's the whole show. Uh, it looks all right. It's going to be a weird experiment. It'll be fun watching wrestling in the middle of the you know afternoon and evening for a change. But um, yeah, uh, it's a weird one. Um. So, uh, Paul, did you uh, did you watch much of Martina's gaff party since the last time we spoke? Yeah, I watched the whole show. Um, I watched up on. I watched. I stopped just before the uh, gender neutral match. Okay, so you watched you watched the first five matches anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a little bit like um, the half in the bag for Jurassic World. Okay. We'll see. Anyway, what did you think of what you saw? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought uh, Ridgeway versus Phantasmo was good. Good opener. Um, I had seen some of Ridgeway before. I had not seen any of Phantasmo. I thought they were both pretty good. Um, uh, I thought uh, Brooks versus Duncan was pretty good. Uh, you know, a solid second match. Nothing special. I was impressed with Brooks. Uh, he is still a little bit kind of just like generic, kind of a, just a guy. Uh, but but he's he's good at what he does and he's very technically proficient, uh, so I enjoyed that one. Um, uh, ha- uh, Michael May versus Zach Gibson. I was a little disappointed with that. Uh, I thought Gibson's promo beforehand was great. Michael May came out. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's one of the better contenders. I thought the match was okay, but it really looked like Gibson was kind of. Car- I'd hate to say carrying with him. It's such a such a cliche term, but like doing a lot of the heavy lifting and kind of kind of taking him through the match. I thought I thought May did not have like the best performance ever in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, contrasting that, I thought Scotty Davis versus Mark Haskins was excellent. I thought it was uh, heated. I thought I thought Davis was absolutely hanging with Haskins in there. I thought they both looked great. I really loved Haskins' intensity. This was one of the best Haskins matches I've seen in a while. Loved the finishing sequence where he just kind of fired up and stomped the shit out of him. Uh, thought his promo after the match was great as well. Uh, uh, really, really enjoyed that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the the renewed kind of Haskins kind of heel push uh, uh, for this year. And, and, and Davis obviously kind of soldiers on. Um, 
And uh, what was the other match? Yeah, then the Kings of the North versus Angel Cruisers. Yeah, your usual good kind of uh, uh, Kings of the North brawl. I thought it was really fun. thought the Cruisers were a good underdog, and I, and I, I loved the pop for their win. Uh, really, really enjoyed that match. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious what they do with the um, with the Kings going forward. So, yeah, that's that's all I've seen. I was really... I was looking forward to the gender-neutral match, but like I said, I, I just wanted to play more God of War. So, I, 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 so I'm going to watch the uh, the rest of that probably before next week. But uh, yeah, what, what what did you think of that show? Um, I thought it was quite a poor show, actually. Um, really? Yeah. I, I think it might be the case that it's more a fact that it just it doesn't translate well to VOD. I'm sure live... It seemed to be better. The crowd were very into, as you said, especially the Mark Haskins Davis match. Um, yeah. Chris Widgway, El Fantasmo, I just thought didn't have much uh, chemistry. I thought the match was quite disjointed. Um, I like Ridgway's look and his gimmick. I think he's got a very, very good look. Um, but I think, given that he's like an MMA guy, uh, or I don't know whether he really is, but he appears his gimmick is that he's an MMA guy. I think he's his strikes are quite weak looking, which I think plays against him. Um, Phantasmo, I don't know. He 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 just came off as a, a kind of run of the mill flippy guy, without yeah. any kind of striking attributes that really made him stand out in my mind. I thought their match was quite poor. I thought it was quite heatless, um, and. I didn't come away from it thinking like I I'm, would go out my way to watch either of them again. I think it was more a case that neither of them, it might be, you know, like, like with certain matches are really good because of the styles involved. I think this might've been just a styles clash more than anything. Um, but I didn't think it was anything to, to show home about. I thought Adam Brooks, Duncan disorderly was quite a sloppy match. Um, I was quite disappointed at that one. Cause I, I'm a big Duncan disorderly fan, but, he looked a step off in this one. Adam Brooks, I think his character work is really good. He's kind of a an annoying heel, but the match itself was was nothing. It was quite short as well, um, which was a shame. Gibson May, I thought was was probably the best thing up to that point. But again, Michael May seemed a little. There was there just seemed like there was points in the match where they would they would get kind of lost, and um, at some point it seemed like they were trying to do too much rather than just kind of, kind of tell a simple hard hitting match. Uh, Gibson's promo was good as always, but again, I was kind of let down with that. Haskins Davis was probably the best match in the show, and even then, I'm quite I'm quite bored of Mark Haskins. I I find it difficult to really get into his matches outside of obviously obviously he's very very technically good, but in that kind of emotional sense as a fan, like I don't know, I find him quite dry, and I find him quite. Uh, not bland isn't even a fair word to use, but I find him just quite. He he has this kind of tough guy aura that like I liked it in this match, but sometimes it just kind of comes off as farcical. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. I I buy him as intense. I just don't know that I buy him as like scary. You know what I mean? Like he like he I think he tries to push him. I think guys. after the match, he he you know did his like fuck OTT thing. His his promo was very good, to be fair. Yeah. Um. But as the kind of the, the, the intense baby face, I just find him hard to get behind. Davis yeah. was very... I, no, I, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely kind of with you generally on that. This is, the first, this is the first match of his in a while that I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed. I, I was not into his last few. I think Sky Davis is very good as the, uh, 
the underdog babyface, and he he is probably the the best of that kind of crop of crop of upcomers they have. Um, yeah, it was very very it was very very good to be fair. Um, then we had uh, obviously Angel Cruiser, Kings of the North. I think um, the fact that they did it as a a more or less like straightforward tag match as opposed to you know Angel Cruiser matches are usually comedy based was just kind of to show that the Angel Cruisers can work a a real match. Yeah. I thought it kind of suffered because of that. I kind of feel like their their strength is to do over the top, no pun intended. You know, comedy yeah. with the axes and the stuff. Didn't really have any of that. There was one spot where they did obviously the springboard um, to yeah. the outside, which was good. But again, in person would have looked incredible. On VOD, it doesn't look as amazing, I suppose. Um, yeah, the match, yeah. The match itself was fine. Um, and then I thought it was. I, I definitely thought. I think I definitely thought it was like a level below a really epic Kings match and a level below a really funny Cruisers match. Yeah. Um, but again, I I, I kind of like for the purpose of the story, like because they're going in with Sterling and Gibson, so it's like okay, I think they. I think they kind of needed this in the sense that you do want them to be believable in in that role. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think they're winning, but but like I think I think you know you you want them to go in there and think it's not going to be a, a you know fucking Angel Cruz Bobby George Jr. style fucking ten minutes of gags and props and you know yeah I I thought it was. Uh, good in the sense that you know, obviously, Duncan disorderly lost, Kings of the North lost, and then they put out that promo of the three of them backstage. I naively thought that that was building to like a Kings of the North triple threat match at a uh, Scrapper Mania. They're they're just doing a six man with the Aussie boys. Um, which... I I don't I don't know if it, I think it would have been too soon to do a three way. I think I think I like I I actually kind of like the idea of what they of what they did. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's a bad direction, but I got in my head that they're going one way, and obviously they're going the other way. Um, yeah, okay. Maybe if they lose the match to Scrapper Mania, that would be the catalyst to kind of go in that direction. Yeah, um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if I I am assuming they lose, and I was actually talking to someone about this privately. The funny thing about OTT is they could just change their mind and the Kings win, and that's the end of the storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, but I I'm suspecting the Aussies win, and I'm thinking that's where they do the turn. One of them turns on the other. I'm thinking maybe Corvin like low blows Bone Saw or something. I mean, Corvin is the heel. I I would assume. Yeah, Corvin's the natural heel. I think, and Duncan's kind of. As I, I think they're all kind of equal parts of the team, but I, Duncan's kind of the man they only really break out for six mans. This is the first singles match he's had in ages, so I think, you know, maybe he walks off, leaving the other two in the ring, and then Corbin does the turn, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, as for the matches you didn't see, the, the neutral, uh, gender-neutral title match was your hardcore match you would expect it to be. I don't think it was yeah. quite as crazy as... Um, the last time Janela was in town. Uh, yeah. But Martina gets uh, beaten quite badly in this match. And respect yeah. her for the beating she takes. Um, all the craziest spots involve her. Uh, obviously, this was like part one of her going away party. Um, yeah. yeah uh, Janela does his thing. LJ Cleary impresses me more and more every time I see him. TK Cooper. I don't know that I was that impressed. But he seems like... <laughs> a weird thing to say, but it seems like his limbs are too long for his body. He, he's like, he's like a horse moving around, like a like a foal. Yeah, he's I, a bit unsteady, and he looks kind of his movements are quite strange. 
I kind of I've been a big fan of TK for a while. He's one of my favorite guys in progress. I, a lot of people who were at this show said that they weren't that impressed with him, and also they said that he like killed Martina several times uh, with, with suplexes, like to the point not to the point it was amusing. There, well, there was there was one that I recall where she was like right on the back of her head. Yeah, in, so in a sense that it, it, yeah. it came off as like dangerous more than like oh my god what a what a move. It was like oh he didn't drop her well there. Yeah, yeah. LJ, by, speaking of LJ Cleary, you go up and uh, pick up a copy of Fighting Spirit magazine, your boy at the barrier that talking to LJ Cleary about you know being the future of the business. Um, uh, that's available in stores and on digital apps and all that jazz now. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So And uh, LJ won that, didn't he? Well, no spoilers, but yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the world title uh, match... Um, Devlin and Angelico had you know an okay main event. Uh, there was there was one very good spot in it, uh, which will bring back memories of uh, Devlin Moose. Um, oh, yeah. But apart from that, it was just kind of a. I wouldn't I wouldn't describe it as a, a Devlin main event. It was kind of more of a. It felt more like a mid card match, I guess, because it was uh, shorter than the three previous matches. Like the 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 Mark Haskins match went twenty one minutes, the tag title number one contender match went nineteen, the gender neutral title match went sixteen, and in the main event the world title match just a hair under fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was okay. It was again, it was kind of heatless and kind of it was okay, and I was kind of overall I was I was quite let down with the show. Going in, there was nothing that I was kind of wowed by it i thought angel cruiser kings of north probably would have been the best match on the show but i don't know there's kind of nothing there was nothing on the show that i would maybe go over three three and a half stars like in that range i think haskins sky davis turned out to be the best match but i even had problems with that one and Mm. i would even go down as far as like some of the matches i thought were just poor to bad so i was kind of let down by the show but uh i would be somewhat forgiving knowing that it was it was part one of a double header as well and um there there weren't many top top name imports as well that they could kind of rely on um but there you go um yeah so uh i want to finish that and also there's another contenders out now um yeah they did i i I didn't i didn't realize they were doing them all on one show except the final but the Pretty much the entirety of the NLW tournament is on that new show, um, yeah. And it's just just then the finals are at the contenders after Scrapper Mania. So there you go. So uh, we maybe maybe you and I will talk about that next week. We'll see if we can uh, squeeze it in. Um, you're going to scrap. You're going to Scrapper Mania, are you? <sighs> of course. Yeah. Uh, did we, I don't know if we talked. Uh, Sammy Jane and Valkyrie was added to that. Should be great. Should be great. Uh, and I think all the other matches we've discussed. Uh, that that show looks really excellent. I have to say. Well, they announced the, then the Kings and North match as well. They were they were the two new. Oh matches. yeah, and and if if that wasn't clear earlier, it's Aussie Open, who are who are great, and uh, Adam Brooks. Uh, so them versus the Kings and Six Man. Brooks is a heel, obviously. I did you see the video of him saying like uh, like he, building up that match? Who? Uh, Adam Brooks. No. It was good. It was, you know, he's. It's like we said. He's he's a good heel. Basically, he was just saying, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll do this." I don't really like those guys though, because he's because he's a heel. Obviously, as he opened her faces. But, yeah, uh, he is good. I like him. 
So we'll uh, we'll touch base on on that closer to the show, and that's going to do it really for this week's episode of the Chair Shop Podcast. Uh, next week is going to be uh, a big old week. I'll probably have more God of War thoughts. I can feel myself finishing it in this coming week because I'm going to be playing it for every <laughs> every spare minute I have. Uh, so we'll have some of that Infinity War thoughts, uh, maybe an OTT contenders thing. The greatest Royal Rumble, lads. Are we all watching it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll um. We'll be back with thoughts. You know what's funny, though? Go on. They still haven't announced, uh, to the best of my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong here. What does the winner get? A trophy. Uh, Is it? A trophy? Oh, yeah, they've announced that. Yeah, yeah, a trophy. Yeah, yeah. Um... But that's and that's the weird thing about it is it's this big. They put together this WrestleMania caliber card, and they're doing literally the biggest Royal Rumble they've ever done, and they're calling it the greatest Royal Rumble. But the, but they like at the very least you would just say a trophy and a title shot. Obviously, they can't give them the WrestleMania title shot, but like a title shot at some, at some time. But they haven't even said that. All they've said is a trophy. I think they've showed the trophy as well. Um, but uh, yeah, not a lot. Is, it, not a, lot of is it a fabulous Moolah trophy, but in drag? Is, yeah, they've just. They've, is it a they've, penis? Or the opposite no, of drag? They just kind of slightly melted and then re sculpted Moolah to look like whoever the prince is at the moment. <laughs> so it looks like older Moolah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we'll be back talking about that. And also, you know, the first week of post shakeup, SmackDown and Raw, and all that jazz. And, and I'm sure Paul will have NXT takes for us as well. So. With all that said, go to Redbubble, search for Chair Shop Podcast, and buy a Prawn Michaels sticker or any of the other good products we have. Oh, on there. I, I just saw the trophy as well. Oh, the, oh, the, tro- <laughs> the trophy looks like a fake trophy that they would have in Pez because they don't have the rights to the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pez, of course, lost the uh, UEFA rights. Yeah, the champ- Champions League rights. Oh, what a what a! Oh, how did we miss that in the news? Don't worry, Konami are making their Pachenko machines. They'll be grand. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, Pachenko, funnily enough, is uh, the replacement for Lewandowski because he's not licensed. So they had to put in another Polish player. Uh, okay. Um, Football so... fans would get that one. Go on. <laughs> anyway, Barry's <laughs> like he might exist. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know this joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna breeze past it. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more uh, fun and games. Follow at Chair Shop Pod for more updates. Peace out. It's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>